Welcome, everybody. You're on Mind Your Biz. And we have Gary Brooks, the host of Decentralize Me. Thanks for coming through, Gary. Thanks for having me on, Evan. No problem. So uh, let's get digging into this because obviously that's the big topic, you know, crypto and privacy and uh, proprietary, uh, you know, data and IP. So tell me what what's your biggest concern and why you're really voicing it out there. It, it's only a concern that's come up recently. And um, when I say recently, it's probably the last eight months. Um had had a little experience with the uh, truth to US elections and what's happened there and how the media and big tech has actually handled that and the censoring going on. And it sort of um, forced me down this rabbit hole. I see. Now, this has always kind of been going on forever, I feel like, since we've had a mouse. Um, there's always been some <laughs> kind of regulatory censorship. So why now? What What's provoking you, you know, what pushed you to the edge and why should everyone really be, you know, scared in a way or informed or adapt? It's basically the when it comes down to it, free speech is for me is very important. Like um, it's a case of you need to have people to give the, the uh, give people the ability to express themselves in such a way so that all of our problems as a society can come out. Because if you, if you don't do that and you suppress things, you actually create more of the problem because they, those people then tend to go underground. And once they go underground, they tend to find like-minded people and it spreads. I didn't have that sort of appreciation for the situation if I go back like uh, five, six years. Uh, it's actually probably long, longer than that. It's probably 15 years. In Australia, we had the Port Arthur massacre. Okay, so... As that the government then decided to remove all the guns from Australia, which at the time when it happened, I actually agreed. And then I kept on looking at the US and you kept on getting school shootings and things like that. I'm thinking, why don't they just take their guns away? It's actually quite, you know, quite horrible because it, you know, keeps armed people there. But come today and I've completely switched. Like, I am now absolutely disgusted that we do not have guns in Australia. Really? Wow. So what has it done by taking away the guns? It didn't um, It didn't reduce crime and reduce killings? It did. Um, there, there was still, like, people still went and got murdered, obviously. You don't, you're never going to remove that problem. Um, there were no accidents or things like that with guns, but... What it does, what it did, if, I, if I'm completely honest, it made us um, very subservient because we, like, as a, as a people, you know, and you have a look at the situation today, we're very, you know, very much under the control of the government. The government basically put their foot down and everyone is scared of actually speaking out. Like, even though, like, from my perspective, they're doing the wrong thing, you know, they have the justification to do it, and we don't have any mechanism to protect ourselves. Okay, so so you're feeling the wrath of censorship or some kind of government control, and, I mean, that's what governments generally do. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's a byproduct of trying to keep, I guess, some kind of checks and balances, but obviously sometimes it goes overboard. So how do you see fit to 
fight censorship or get around it or what is your what is your solution to it? Okay, well, the the, pod, the podcast that I um, created was created because at the end of the day, okay, um, we all have personal data. At this point, we don't actually respect that. We just, you know, if you have a look at Facebook, you know, people post all of their activities on Facebook and they don't actually realise that what they're actually doing is giving their personal data and putting it on Facebook server. Right, so it literally becomes their property. They control it. They do whatever they like. Um, now, you know, you can look at it and say, "Yeah, you know, they're providing me a service. I can communicate with people." Right, but they're not doing this out of the goodness of their heart, you know, so that we can communicate. They actually, um, it's a business model, and they basically generate their revenue by gathering our personal data, creating a profile on that, and then shipping it out to any any company that's willing to pay money to forward adverts to us. Gotcha. So so that's essentially everyone's choice, right? Uh, if you want to be on social media, you have to basically pour out your personal information yeah. in order to use their platform. So I feel like everyone is pretty much, everyone that's involved with social media is making a choice to be on it. And they generally... I think they want to be on it uh, because there's certain conveniences that they like, uh, which is they get, uh, I guess they get products advertised that are in their wheelhouse. They get to meet or, you know, reach out to groups of people that they feel, I guess, comfortable with or want to be around. So, you know, obviously there's some trickery going on and um, a lot of people don't realize it completely, but I think, I feel like everyone is really on board with it. If you're a part of it, you made that choice. But you made that choice, right? And especially when you have a look, like Facebook was started in 2004, right? So it's been, been around for quite a while. And for the first, you know, 10 years of that, there's not been any problems because at the, you know, it was a platform that was starting. So, you know, it was a new idea. Step forward to the day, though. Okay, and these platforms are now silencing people, you know, and not just if you take a look at the global flu at the moment, you know, the amount of censorship is going around. You have fake, you have uh, fact checkers, or just about to call them fake checkers, you know, uh, that are there predominantly to uh, police what people are saying, you know, based on their their model of the world. You're getting people deplatformed by significant people. Obviously, you've got, um, like, the President of the United States has been banned off Twitter, but, you know, there are terrorists in um, in Iran and Iraq that are, are basically still on Twitter being able to, you know, get their message out. So I think people are getting, like, majority of people are getting a very bad vibe about where this is all heading. You, you're opposed to, I guess, shutting down any kind of potentially criminal group uh, because number one, you feel uh, no one, nobody or no one should be controlled um, at all generally, right? Look, at the end of the day, um, I think society is better off with free speech. And there's been, there's been plenty of um, 
reports and studies that have been done on the ability of free speech to actually mitigate stances. I can't remember his name now, but there was a he was a jazz singer, and he went around. He actually converted two hundred Ku Klux Klan members. And as you can obviously tell, this jazz singer was actually of coloured skin. So he, he's been able to go around, talk to these Ku Klux Klan members and get them to actually hand their robes in, all right? So that's all done with free speech. That's all done. You know, that's all about engaging. Because if you're engaging and talking, then you're not fighting. Right. You, you take that ability to engage away then yeah you're, you're going down the wrong track gotcha so you you feel there's just a lot more positivity that comes out of complete free speech than than shutting down what would seem to be the bad guys uh, which is what yeah. i guess that's the overall tone of it when they're shutting down someone yeah. and someone that's causing harm but the, the trouble is if you if you look at it from a situation where, okay, you know, you've got big media, there's who the bad guys are. And what happens if they decide that, you know, someone who supports a certain candidate is the bad guy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that goes on pretty much every day. There's, there's networks that support the right. There's other networks that support the left. Then they don't necessarily say it, but it's the tone of the whole network. Network. So you got all these polarized media outlets, and I feel at some level they're all kind of balancing each other. Generally, you could just choose which one you want to listen to and go down their rabbit hole and follow their ideas and ideals if that's what you choose. So I don't know. I just feel like um, both sides have their voice. Uh, and the media is pretty much tugging at everybody, and, and I guess you have, a, as a human, you have a choice to listen to it yeah follow it not follow it i guess um, i think what you what you'll find is right. the the media has like exacerbated the left and the right they've, they've spread them to the far the majority of us we we live you know they're about on the middle like and we're quite open to debate we're quite open, you know there's no perfect system there's no there's no perfect way to run the world but there's also no um re- reason to go to extremes right and that and, and the media the media to make it interesting obviously they they need to exacerbate everything and gaslight everything or it's pretty dull it's <laughs> i feel like that yeah, you know that's exactly. it's, it's yeah. a part of entertainment in a way right yeah um, and that's that's what a lot of this media has become is become entertainment or propaganda exactly and that's how you got to look at it uh, until you do your own fact checking research you, you you really can't just believe things you see and hear. You really got to go deep diving on your own and and just confirm some of these things that that's being spread out there. So I think everyone has a responsibility, you know, to do their own fact checking, you know, and not believe everything they see and hear uh, because it's not always true or it's ex- exaggerated. Or so I think all of us have you know the responsibility to kind of educate ourselves and just stop, yeah. you know, stop following, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, and the trouble is, we're, like, we've been so used to having, like, even myself, I travel quite a bit, and used to have, used to have, and this was a while ago, used to, you know, get into a hotel room, 
first thing I would do is put on the TV and usually it would be an N or something like that. That would be on in the background. And I didn't realise at that point how much I actually was, you know, being sort of unconsciously programmed all the time. And until you actually make that connection, you know, obviously, like, I believe it's got a lot worse today, like in terms of, you know, but until you make that connection that what they're saying is actually what they want you to hear, not what is actually the situation, you know, and there are, there are organisations out there that have done great work in terms of uncovering the motivations behind these guys, like, um, you know, what their motivations are and what they're trying to do. Right. And you made up a good, a good point. So we were talking about social media and how when you participate, you're essentially giving away all your information, but it's really a trade-off. You're giving away everything, uh, all your information in, in a trade to use their platform. And that's the same as TV, essentially. Television, radio, for how many years have people been watching free television or listening to free radio that has commercials on it. So it's a trade-off. You want to watch this show, listen to this program, you're going to have to, you know, sit through some of the commercials and you can choose to listen to the commercial. You can, you know, go get, go get a, you know, take a food break, go to the bathroom. You, you can change the channel. So it's always been there pretty much since, you know, electronics have existed. Um, that trade-off you get, you know, nothing in life, is free and that's a perfect example if you're on social media it didn't cost you anything then you're giving away something there's a trade there and i think it's important that we just educate the young you know the young people so by the time they're adults they're they're not really tricked into this they 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 understand they're giving something there's a value to their to their name and to their information and i think i think that's where it all you know that's my opinion it's all rooted uh, it has to be rooted uh, or you have to be educated about it early on. So you, you yeah. put value to your information, you know? So you, it's actually quite interesting because, you know, I, I, I looked at it, you know, look at that. Okay. You know, I'm getting this platform for free. I'm, you know, I have to watch a few ads, but you have to actually look at the consequences of your decision to do that. And it's funny because if you look at China at the moment, they have a social credit system. Now, you know, when, when you talk about social credit system to most people, they're going, oh, wow, you know, I wouldn't want to live in China. You know, they have facial recognition and every time you get facially recognised, you know, they know exactly where you are. You get a, you've got a rating. If your rating drops too low, you can lose internet access, you can lose banking privileges. And if it gets, you know, off the scale, then you become persona non grata, you can literally disappear. And you look at that and you say, I don't want to live in China. But it's funny because The Hill just um, published a, an article, I think it was on the 17th of August, where they actually said that big tech was actually considering using like their systems to actually start a social credit system. So, And they've got all the information already. So that information you've already given out all that history you've got on Facebook or your metadata is sitting somewhere where suddenly the government could, you know, flip the switch 
and say, well, we've now got a social credit system and we don't actually need people to buy in because you've already brought into it because we have all the data. You don't actually own it yourself. Right. I think a lot of the platforms are starting to wake up to the fact that the population, the consumers, the, you know, everyone that's signed up to their social medias are really starting to wake up and realizing their value. So now they're, you notice they're, they're throwing in monetization in a lot in, in most of the platforms, uh, pretty much recently, Facebook yeah. just added something. Instagram is allowing you to, you know, to shop on your platform. So, you know, it took a while for people to really understand their value, but I think they, they are starting to get it. And now the platforms have to bend a little bit more and pay out a little bit more to keep, to keep their subscribers. So they're doing something about it. It's just up to us as people to, to value, you know, our information more. And uh, yeah, you know, if you want to give Absolutely, it away, that's, that's your prerogative. It was a, they start, started three guys from PayPal and it basically was starting as a dating app. They were going to put online videos so that people could get dates. And um, it didn't really go too well. People just videos and you know, they made a couple of changes and YouTube was born. Now, down the track, they started um, monetizing it so that you would actually, you know, you would get paid for doing what you want. As time went on, the monetization requirements got more and more extreme. Like, you know, for a start, the first, the first stage was I think you needed to have a thousand hours being watched, right? total and then a couple of years later it was like you needed 10,000 hours watched you needed to have like a thousand subscribers so that the monetization aspect of it was if you were in the top you know one two percent of YouTube producers then you would get monetized from it but a struggling YouTube channel you know didn't get monetized and in fact recently now they put a change into the into the um into YouTube where they can insert ads when and whenever they please. So they're actually monetizing your your work and you're getting absolutely nothing for it. Right. And, right. and to some degree, we, we can be mad at, you know, YouTube for doing this. And then on the flip side, we have to take our own responsibility into, you know, our own hands and say, do I want to produce this content for basically free? Yeah. You know, so that's up to us as people to, you know, to, to seek out other ways to find a value in your content if the platform you're on is really not respecting your, your value. So, yeah. you know, again, you know, as, you, as things get more popular, like YouTube, they are going to pay you less. Just like when you're watching a movie and there's a, you know, a movie on demand, let's say a pay-per-view, you know, the, the price of that movie goes up when the demand goes up, when there's tons of people that want to see it. Um, and then, if, you know, then they start putting things on sale when they're not selling. So it's up to us uh, as people to really, you know, make the right choices on what platforms you choose to be on or, you know, provide your content with. And, um, and I think you're seeing more and more platforms now. It's more competitive platforms. Uh, that you, you you know it's not just YouTube anymore. There's other platforms that that have come out where you can get paid more for your content. There's just 
there might be a lot less traffic. So it's a tra- again, it's a trade-off. Do you want more people to see your content for less money? Or do you want to get paid more for your content, but way less people see you? So it's, it's up to you as a business person, if that's what it is, business, to leverage the traffic. You know, YouTube provides a lot of traffic. How are you going to leverage it? Because the content itself, I feel like it's basically free unless you're the top 1%. Mm. So it's all about leveraging. And that's what I, I try to also tell the entrepreneurs that I speak to and consult is how are you going to leverage your your advertisements wherever you're pushing your, your business or your cause? Yeah. Um, it's up to you uh, to be creative, um, to leverage it. And that that that's actually that was actually the premise of the whole podcast because I, I basically you have all these platforms and there's a you know it tailors beautifully into cryptocurrency and everything because there's a what they call decentralized platforms and these de- decentralized platforms I'll give you an example um, if we take uh, YouTube i'm i've just i'm just about to complete a podcast on this but um there's actually a decentralized platform called odyssey which is actually really interesting in terms of the fact that you know you go on there as a viewer you know you are part of a decentralized network so first of all there's no censorship like there are rules but they all come from consensus from all of the participants but you can't you can't make a rule like you can't ban one person because of what they're saying, but there are uh, consensus rules there that have been set up prior. Um, you go on to that that site and it actually pay you for watching media and it will pay you for supporting media and you can actually pay the content provider in what they call these crypto cryptocurrencies which all have value which you can put onto an exchange and actually exchange for us dollars and it's um also you can be obviously if you're a provider you're getting um you're going to be getting paid for doing that as well and it, one guy did a um, comparison and youtube was basically getting was generating him 0.2 cent a view whereas odyssey was generating him six cent per view but was he getting the same same amount of traffic on Odyssey as he obviously, would? Obviously, you know, um, YouTube has got a 12-year head start on Odyssey, all right? So, yeah, the traffic, you know, there's that needs to catch up. But if you if all the providers suddenly realised that instead of getting um, 0.2 cent per view, they could get 6 cent per view by converting every and the conversion process is actually quite simple um and putting all their channel putting all their material on this channel as well as still having it on youtube would you do it of course i mean it makes sense to put your material and content on every platform right and whichever platform you know because viewers have their favorites right so there'll be some that just go to youtube there'll be some that now just go to odyssey and it's you know, and there's a ton of other platforms. So I feel like as a content provider, if you really want you to get your the value for your material, you do have to put it out there on different platforms. And then you have to make the judgment call where are you going to spend most of your attention? Where are you going to send 
you know, most of your, your viewers or subscribers to, you know, that makes sense for you as the content provider. So we just all have to get more educated, do our research, be more thorough, put more value on our content. And that's really the bottom line, I think. And th this is, th this is the, the benefit. This is actual, um, the beauty of the free enterprise system, right? Because basically, you know, you can, you, we've got all these platforms and basically my podcast, all I'm doing is just basically pointing out what the decentralized versions of these platforms are and being able to create this awareness that your digital information is important and that you can get actually rewarded for cont contributing to these platforms, whereas the other, the other platforms are actually taken from you. So, right. you know, you have that, that, education the you know the the program and all that will do, will work itself out because people will go to the the product that will provide them better service and a better return yeah absolutely and a better experience absolutely and well, the that, thing is well, i don't great. like I don't know any of the, like I've recommended, like there are, I've probably recommended about five or six programs at the moment. I haven't even contacted the, the, um, the um, developers of these programs because it's just the case of this is not what I'm, I'm not in there to, to make money. I'm just in there to get some information out there to people to show these programs up so that they can go and use them because if you adopt them, and especially with decentralization, because at the beginning of my podcast, I also break down decentralization and blockchain a bit to give you a bit of a technical. It's it's actually not that difficult. You know, it's just you need a little bit of a a brief. But once you've got that brief and you you realize, then you can make a decision on, you know, what is the best platform, which one is going to give you, you know, the best in terms of privacy and, you know, return. No, that's great. So, so Gary, this is this is great information. I think you're genuinely trying to give people options that they're probably not aware of. So, um, and now, where can people find you um, precisely if they want to hear more about, you know, options of where they can be rewarded for, you know, going on certain platforms or where they can provide content and get a better return on it. Um. I have a website, decentralizedme.fm. It doesn't matter which way you spell it, decentralized, because I've got them both covered. Um, but you can actually just put in to search for, um, you know, like Spotify. All my podcast is on all the major platforms, so just decentralized. Perfect. Me. Well, Gary, uh, I definitely appreciate you coming by and and spreading some wisdom, and and really, it's really giving people options because it seems. Everything's thrown down our, our throats and we get consumed by the big guys. And sometimes you got to do a little bit of research like you've seems like you've done. So I'm all for people that are trying to help people. And thanks again for coming through on and, and letting us mind your biz. Not a problem. Evan. Thanks very much for the, the chat. And hey, look, if anyone wants to read, they listen and they they want further information or they think, you know, they've got some better ideas. Hey, I'm I'm open to those comments. Excellent. All right. A pleasure, Gary. Thanks very much, Evan. All righty. Take care.